Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Welcome to this Tuesday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. It was an exceptional peel out. Good. I'm glad you're pleased with me. Very much so. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. What do we have going on today? Let's start with the spork story. Sporks. I love sporks. Souvenir sporks are now available for sale at Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge. Um, if you recall, those were what they were using as utensils when Galaxy's Edge first opened at What's where do they serve food? They're serving them. They're at the serving. Cantina, right? They were serving them uh, and you and now selling them in Docking Bay Seven food and cargo. Okay, uh, so yeah, they used to be just to use while you were there, but people everybody stole them, so they were gone. Now it's just regular sporks, I guess. And uh, but you can buy these. How much are they? They are ten ninety nine, and they do come with a little storage bag that has the word spork written in the Arabic language. I mean, do you, is it really worth ten ninety nine for the spork? You think? Yes. Yeah. Please. I don't know. That's what Luke used to eat his food. <laughs> and it's been chilly down in Orlando, so Blizzard Beach was closed uh, Monday, and also is going to be closed Tuesday. They are hoping to open it back up on Wednesday, weather permitting. I think it's been closed four out of the past five days. It's not very good uh, water park weather down there right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're a lifeguard. You're not making any money. Well, I think they still have people on premises. They probably have them doing other work. I don't Not the amount of people that they would have if the park were open. I don't know. Maybe they just reassign them to hotels. I don't know. Um, and then John Williams looks like he won a couple of Grammys. Or no, he won a Grammy for his work on the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge music, which seemed odd to me. But, I mean, you played it, and it is good. That's right. Uh, John Williams won his 25th Grammy last night at the Grammys in Los Angeles. And uh, he won for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Symphonic Suite, which is music inspired by the Disney-themed land. So uh, congratulations to him. The category was Best Instrumental Composition. Okay. Uh, Disney World is now offering on their website a co-browse option. So this is for when you're on the Disney World website and if you're having some difficulty and you uh, use their chat feature to ask for help, they can actually um, have you share your screen with them so they can see exactly what the problem is. So That's right. And the, the chat feature is either online through their online chat or if you are uh, contacting them via phone on their phone support line. Okay. They will provide you with a code. Many corporations use this mm -hmm. now with their IT uh, yeah. services, but they will give you a code. You punch that in, and that gives them access to only what you see on your browser. It does not give anybody access to your computer. So it will just help you to navigate uh, your way. Yeah, it's just a share It's a share the screen kind of thing. What's going on over there? You're bleeping. I have no idea. <laughs> There's alarms going off. You must be very important. I am. Yeah. Um, in Tokyo Disney, in light of the coronavirus, they are advising guests to report any kind of illnesses that might be related to that virus. Um, and then in a related story, um, it looks like they're going to start allowing um, the cast members at Tokyo Disney to wear the medical face masks, which is cult culturally sort of something that they do anyway, but right. they have um, not been up to this point allowed to wear them as cast members. Correct. Uh, the sick masks are an acceptable part of Japanese culture, um, but cast members are not allowed to wear them because it detracts from the theming or the Disney look. However, with what is going on, 
uh, in uh, Asia, uh, Japan, as of this evening, has had four cases of the coronavirus confirmed in country. They have said that uh, cast members can go ahead and wear them and also wash your hands as much as possible. Yes, always good advice. That's right. In Disney World, the Plaza Restaurant has messed with their menu, and a lot of people are going to be pretty unhappy about it. It looks like they are um, going to one all-day menu, so it's the same menu, whether it's lunch or dinner, um, and they've dropped some favorites. Yeah, they've uh, cut out a bunch of not only favorites, but they've removed sides and options, Uh, and of course, along with that has come uh, pricing increases. But the Plaza has lost their fried green tomato sandwich, the chicken strawberry salad, the grilled chicken sandwich, the Angus Chuck cheeseburger, the plant-based Plaza burger, and the Kentucky turkey hot brown sandwich. So Tony will go through and and tell you what's actually on the menu now. Um, But to me, it looks like they've taken away a lot of the sandwich options, which you just heard, um, in favor of things that seem like they're more like dinner options. And I think they're doing it because those are the more expensive options and they're just they're trying to make more money. Well, so what is left is the wedge salad, which is now a vegan option because they've removed the gorgonzola and replaced it with ranch dressing. Uh, the plaza loaded fries, a seasonal soup. I guess they were known for their tomato soup, but that is now gone. And the lobster fried green tomatoes uh, are your appetizers. And then as far as entrees go, they now have an herb marinated steak, a cheese steak sandwich, their home style meatloaf, the plaza burger, brisket mac and cheese, the plaza club, the lobster cob salad, and bangers and mash. And some of the things that people are upset about is, you know, that the home style meatloaf used to be served with two big onion rings. And now it's just served on a little bed of mashed potatoes. Yeah. You know, and the price increased by $2. Mm -hmm. So you've taken away some components of each one of these meals and you've managed to raise the price. Yeah, they're trying to simplify it, but they've taken away some favorites. And uh, what's left on the menu does not sound good. When we were there um, on this past Monday, um, well, I guess it's two Mondays ago. We were there on the 20th with um, Lily and Isabel and, and Tony, it was the four of us. And I actually had said like, hey, maybe the plaza would be a good spot to go for lunch. I don't think you usually need um, ADRs. So, you know, good spot burgers and, and that kind of thing, sort of like lunch type fare. But based on, and that was based on the old menu, but based on this new menu, I have no interest. Right. It does not sound good. Nothing sounds good. Yeah. They said that, uh, you know, this is to streamline the kitchen. And there used to be a note on the top of the entrees list stating that sandwiches came with your choice of seasonal vegetables, homemade chips, or French fries. Uh, Now there are not enough sandwich style options to even put that note on there. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny that you're not even. Yeah, no. If they had gone the other way and taken off the things that were more like dinner type things and gone with more of like a beaches and cream type of menu, which when you first told me about a streamlined menu. That's what I assumed they were doing. Cause that's what makes sense to me, but that's not at all what they're doing. And, no. uh, I don't like it. All right. That's one no vote from Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, the train has moved from, where was it? So the Walt Disney world railroad, uh, is, has been non-functioning since December of 2018 due to construction of the Tron light cycle run, uh, because it does impact the tracks, uh, around the berm. Uh, the train has been set up on the Main Street Station. I know when we were there last week, as you were entering the park, you could see the train there. Um, the static train allowed people to go up there and walk around, take a look at it, take pictures on it. 
Um, but they have now moved that to the Fantasyland station in the Magic Kingdom. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a little impressive to see the train sitting there at the, yeah, the, right. the main station. Now, if you want to see it, you've got to go back to uh, the circus area uh, in Fantasyland station and right. see the train. Okay. Um, when we were also there last week, uh, we had posted a picture. I don't know if we posted it to the Disney Drive Time or not. But the line, the Fast Pass line for Small World was so long that it was stretching to almost to the Tangled Bathrooms, uh, which is funny because today's story, um, it looks like the queue for Small World is being refurbished to move the queue closer to the Tangled Bathrooms. That's right. So I, I don't know if that has anything to do with the Fast Pass because the Fast Passes were all the way to the left there, that Fast Pass line. So maybe they're moving the Fast Pass line. I don't know what they're doing, but... Um. Well, both lines enter there. If you remember, years ago, they changed it. What is now the entrance used to be the exit. Okay. And they flip-flopped them because mm-hmm. you used to get off on yep. the other side of the water closest to the clock. Yep. Then they changed it to its current configuration, uh, and now they are somehow moving the entrance closer to Tangled. So there's all sorts of construction walls up, which makes the uh, entryway and the queue look like they're closed in. Um, no word on how long this process is going to take, but uh, just be a- aware that it is uh, under refurbishment. Just the queue. The ride is open. Oh, that's good. It does not impact the ride. You will still get that song stuck in your head. Yeah. Who knew that Small World was so popular? Right. All of a sudden, I guess if the if the park is that busy, everything is popular, popular. because there was a good 20 minute to a half hour wait for Small World when we were there. Yes. Which is insane. Uh, Legends of Hollywood at Disney's Hollywood Studios is getting a refurb of the outside. I believe they just went through an interior refurb. They did. Last summer, they had an extensive remodeling of the interior of the store. And uh, now they've begun taking apart the outside and refurbishing a lot of that. So if you're familiar with with the store, it is um, an old-fashioned movie theater with a large marquee across the front with all sorts of neon. Uh, They have removed all of the neon lighting. Uh, hoping that it's only going to be refurbished and returned uh, because that's part of the ambiance of this marquee. Um, but there are some construction scrims up. Uh, the ticket booth remains untouched at, for now. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is just a, a cleaning and a, a, a true refurb and not a not a redesign. Yeah, that would be silly. They just did a redesign. Yeah. Okay. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is changing up the boarding group process. What is going on with that? They are. So this is only in Hollywood Studios. Once again, uh, you know, we've got two different parks. Things are working well in Disneyland right now. The ride's been open for a week. Um, But in Florida, they have decided to mix up the boarding group options. And you used to be given a two-hour notice when your boarding group was uh, called. Now people have been reporting they are getting uh, one-hour notifications. So it seems over the weekend people were getting both one-hour and two-hour notifications. There has been no official word from Disney, but this is just uh, this has been reported from a couple of the Disney news outlets. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney's new uh, take on this is. Interestingly enough, they have also been surveying guests who have recently been through the queue and have been uh, asking them, what their preferred method of waiting for the ride is. Do they, would they like the virtual queue system that is currently in use? Would they, re- uh, would they prefer a combination of limited fast passes and waiting in a standby line, similar to the current fast pass system, or would they like standby lines only? 
Um, you know, I personally, we've talked about the boarding group uh, concept, and I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a level playing field for everybody. And I think if you go to a standby line, you're going to see lines of three and four, you know, if not more hours in length. And I, I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to a day of um, fast pass type thing with in conjunction with a standby line. I think that at least opens it up to people who, if you don't want to get up early and be there and you are okay with standing in line for four hours, well, then that's your choice. Um, so it does open up a few more options, but I just don't want to see it go to a tr- the traditional, not traditional, I guess the, the current fast pass uh, way of doing things where you book your fast passes 60 or 30 days out. Right. I'm, um, not a fan of that right now. I don't mind it for other for other attractions, but I don't want to see that for this one. Okay. Um, also in Star Wars news, the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the um, hotel experience that's going in uh, behind Hollywood Studios as a part of Galaxy, sort of related to Galaxy's Edge, um, has had some updates. It's the construction is is coming along, and I don't know what's their opening date set for. There is no opening date. No, yet. they're just. Trudging along and probably, they'll let us know Probably someday. at some point in 2021. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are two pieces of construction for this right now. There is the Galactic Star Cruiser itself, which is also known as the Halcyon. Um, and they have uh, completely inserted and enclosed what will be the guest rooms. And they are preparing to install the uh, interior screen installations. So I think we've talked about before the fact that these rooms are not going to have windows, but they will have... Uh, you know, like 4K high-resolution displays that will simulate the space field, uh, much like the magic portholes on some of the newer Disney ships for their interior cabins. Uh, So that is coming along. And then the second component of that is the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal, uh, which is where you will arrive by car and then be transported to the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser by shuttle vehicle. Um, so the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal is just like any cruise terminal. It's where you do your check-in because, as Cheryl mentioned, this is going to be a an experience. It is a uh, two-night itinerary, uh, essentially a landlocked cruise where you will be fully immersed in the Star Wars galaxy. And I am so looking forward to it. Uh, David and I already know that we're going as a couple because our wives and children want nothing to do with yeah, this. Yeah, no, as you're saying, like, they're installing screens on the inside so that you can watch, like, fake reality instead of actually seeing out a window. I'm thinking, that sounds so horrible. That sounds amazing. No, not Do I get to wear a Jedi robe? You can wear whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not going to be there. All right. Um, a woman is suing Universal over electrocution at Volcano Bay. Tell me about this. Well, electric shock. Uh, So last June, there was some issue with um, several universal lifeguards and visitors feeling electrical currents running up their bodies and having the experience of being zapped. Uh, That was on June 2nd. Uh, And then a 30-year-old woman from Massachusetts is suing for more than $15,000 after she states that she was electrocuted uh, while at the park. Uh, The complaint does not provide an in-depth detail of her injuries, but it was filed in mid-November, and I believe it is now preparing to go to court. Um, No one was seriously injured, but the park did shut down early that day. Um, OSHA uh, revealed that the electrical problems stemmed from mistakes made during the water park's construction, and Universal was not fined because OSHA stated that the theme park had not been aware of the issues. So... um, 
very interesting to see how this will go. The woman is claiming that Universal was negligent, and Universal, in turn, uh, is stating that uh, she hadn't used reasonable care for her own safety. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. What usually happens is Universal you know, settle will settle out of yeah. court. And then SeaWorld announced the performers for their upcoming Seven Seas Food Festival. That's right. The uh, Seven Seas Food Festival kicks off in February. And on Saturday and Sunday nights, they have uh, concerts at Bayside Stadium. These concerts and the food festival are included with park admission. The shows are scheduled for 6 p.m., but that is subject to change. And uh, your performers this year on May uh, February 8th is Maddie and Tay. February 9th, Trace Adkins. Uh, February 15th, the ever-popular to be announced. Mm-hmm. February 16th is Night Ranger. February 22nd, Walk Off the Earth. February 23rd, Dennis D. Young, The Music of Sticks. February 29th, Grupo Mania. And March 1st, your, your big headliners, Boys to Men. Nice. So... Very good. Yeah. And then uh, if you are a runner and you're going to be doing the Universal 5 or 10K, uh, they have released their maps. Um, Some of it does go behind the scenes. Uh, They just don't have the same amount of property that Disney has to run a full marathon or a Mm -hmm. half marathon. Right. So um, I guess we can post the links to those maps if you're interested. But they do go through both parks and Universal City Walk. That's fun, though. Yeah, very much so. About all the news we have for today, it is. How do we do for time? We did. It's a seventeen-minute show. That's a pretty good. I think good, that's just about line. right. Yeah, yeah, they've been a little long lately. People are probably getting sick of listening to us talk. Who could get sick of you? I don't know. They uh, could get sick of you. Though. I know one person. <laughs> um, so uh, until tomorrow, I'm Tony and I'm Cheryl, and you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time podcast. Ah!